Maybe Bobby Marks was right to go off on the Hornets. They just <laughs> lost by close to 30 to the Clippers. We're recording this at 1 a.m., 12 a.m. It's happening right now. Locked on Hornets. You are locked on Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube, by the way, so check us out there. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We are punchy. It is 1 a.m. Eastern. It is 12 a.m. Central Time. We are right fresh out of the oven here after this game where the Hornets, they got destroyed by the LA Clippers and they got beat down as soon as the first quarter was done. So they lose 126 to 105. LaMelo had a triple double. I mean, so I, I come in to record with Doug Branson of every hornetsboxscore.com in case you haven't heard of him. Come in to record with old Doug and didn't realize that LaMelo Ball had a triple-double. That was something nice to see. He finishes with a stat line, 25 points, 12 assists, and 11 rebounds. 10 of 26 from the field. Doug, I mean, LaMelo put together some pretty awesome plays because that's what LaMelo will do throughout the course of playing his 36 minutes, 37 minutes. Um, But man... There's not going to be a whole lot of positive to point from this one. It was just over so quickly, Doug. It was it was it was over so quickly. Uh yeah, it really was. I mean, and and it started really on both ends offensively. Yeah. Look, the the Clippers come in as one of the best defensive teams in the NBA and the Hornets, I thought their offensive plan was not very good in this game. They they weren't hitting shots, yes. Uh the, the, when the Clippers went small in this game, I thought Steve Clifford sticking with Mason Plumley early in the game as long as he did was just a massive mistake, and all of a sudden they were down 25-10 before he could blink. And it put them in a hole that I think it ultimately snowballed because then the Hornets forgot how to play defense because their shots weren't going in, and the Clippers were easily able to expose Mason Plumley on the defense on on the defensive end of the floor, and then they couldn't punish any mismatches with Plumlee versus smaller players. Batum had a thousand threes. Uh, this was this was, uh, I would say, just short of a disaster because they did fight hard in the second half to try to get back into this game. Made some errors in the fourth quarter that uh, got it down to fourteen at one point. I mean, it had ballooned uh, at, at, in the thirty point range. So you do fight hard. But ultimately, this goes down as a 20-plus point loss where they really weren't all that competitive for right. most of the game. I mean, no, they did get it down to 14, and then the Clippers started to extend it. I, I'm sure it was Nick Batum 3 that extended that lead back because that's what Nick Batum does now. He hits three-pointers, and he hits them against the Charlotte Hornets. If you're interested in his stat line, he was 7 of 10 from the field. He was also 7 of 10 from the three-point line. All he did was just shoot the – this is what he does, right? Up here, flick of the wrist. That's all he does. 21 points and destroyed the Charlotte Hornets that way. Well, unless you're paying him, you know, $20 million, then he doesn't yeah. do that. Then he sits on the bench or just then, hangs out yeah, in the corner. Exactly. 
Nah, no, no, no hate for Nick Batum, man. He he destroyed the Hornets. We'll go back to we, we got plenty of other things to hate on here, Doug. Let's go to our side of the box score. Um, I I would ask you if I could interest you in some poor shooting nights, but I'm really just going to give them to you because I'm going to relay the information. How about a nice little five of fifteen performance from Jalen McDaniels, four of fifteen performance from Kelly Oubre, three of twelve from Gordon Hayward, and two of seven from PJ Washington. I mean, I don't that that's some bad shooting all around. I I don't know on that kind of volume if we'll get another shooting night like that between four prominent players for the Hornets that are going to be in the rotation even with everybody healthy. PJ, Gordon, Jalen Kelly, they're all going to be a part of the rotation. This is not somebody that's coming in as your 10th guy that normally would just be on the outside. It's not Kai Jones. It's not James Booknight. Nah, man, like nobody was shooting well. I mean, even LaMelo is 10 of 26. Not good. You know, it's certainly better than the other ones, but not a very high bar. You had LaMelo triple-double, and you had Mason Plumley's third quarter where I appreciate Eric Collins' obvious manufactured enthusiasm i respected that where eric was making a joke of himself which is underrated eric collins those were the positives we got in this game uh yeah i mean i thought they had actually good opportunities early in the game to make shots i thought Lamelo did a really good job of driving and drawing the defense early on and the defense was pl- very early in the game the defense was playing well too they were getting handsy you know forcing uh, clipper turnovers but I thought the offense had shots, and they they simply didn't make them. And then that allowed the Clippers' defense to really adjust and and get reset, and then turn into the Clippers' defense that has been a nightmare for so many teams this season. Not only that, they they're now fully healthy. It's like you just saw. I think bottom line, Walker, is that you saw in 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 all of its glory the distance between the Charlotte Hornets and like anything approaching serious playoff contention. What you saw from the Clippers mm-hmm. was a team that is fully healthy and now they, they were just stretching their legs. Like, all right, let's get into playoff. Let's just randomly in the middle of the season see how hard we can go. And they went that hard and the, the Hornets wilted under that because they're nowhere. This is not about Terry not being here. It's not about DSJ, who they no. picked up a couple of days before the season started, as well as he <laughs> played. It's not about him. It's not about Cody Martin. I mean, this is about the Hornets roster, specifically the center position and the wing position too, you know, not hitting shots. That's been a storyline all season. Um, Just not being good enough. No, it wasn't. We have plenty more to get to on this game. Big picture. We'll see where this ship to nothingness takes us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast coming up next. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Or do. It's we fine. More we're, we're not yeah. sleeping. I mean, you could go to sleep if no. you want to. We're not sleeping. No, we're, we're not sleeping. <laughs> and uh, we're going to try to figure out some other things to talk about. There were a couple of things Doug mentioned that had some jumping off points. So stay tuned to find out what they are. Um, not before this announcement, though. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? 
Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is you feel different, you drive different, and driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. This was paid for by the NHTSA. Plenty more to come on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen today. Make your next listen Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Doug, I think one of the more disappointing parts about this game, it, it's not it's not that they lost. Yes, it's absolutely the way they lost in the first quarter. It's the way they <laughs> lost in the first half. It's the fact that I. it was what I said in the last episode. Against the Kings, they looked more like themselves last year offensively. I mean, right? LaMelo was going crazy in the fourth quarter. You had contributions from other players. Gordon Hayward did the clutch shot thing. Kelly Oubre actually filled it up, right? I mean, Teo Maladone, you had so many different positive storylines. And it doesn't mean that everybody has to go off. But that offense, it just looked so different against Sacramento. Now, the Kings, even with the whole light, the beam team, they're not as good defensively by any stretch as as good as the Clippers are. And so you're dealing with a completely different beast. And by the way, the Clippers did the Clipper thing, the exact same thing they did last time they played the Hornets, where you had a bunch of questionable guys that matter and they all suited up. So everybody was ready to go in this game. It happened once again, the two times they'll play, they kind of you know toyed around with us that some guys uh, might miss some time. But I think that's the most disappointing. It's the fact that you looked a lot better offensively against the Clippers, or excuse me, against the Kings. It was awful. And then defensively, I mean, they just allowed a million layups and a million open threes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go once again back to that first quarter uh, at the 628 mark. The Clippers go small. The Hornets stay big. I thought it was a huge mistake by Clifford to, to keep Plumlee in there. Batum hits a three against Plumlee. Because you're essentially that's that was the matchup, Nick Batum versus Mason Plumley, and we saw what Nick Batum oh, did in it, this game. It wasn't it wasn't all against Plumley, but that yeah. but in that first sequence, Batum hit the three against Plumley. Then he forced uh, Plumley to travel, uh, and and Clifford did sub Jalen McDaniel's in. He just subbed him in for Gordon Hayward. Didn't sub him in for Plumley. Decided not to go small. It allowed the Clippers on defense to switch everything. And the Hornets were not able to punish mismatches. And then at the 418 mark, John Wall drove right by LaMelo, like the definition of Olay defense. I don't know defensively how well yeah. LaMelo played overall because I haven't had a chance to really kind of go back and look. But that particular play was like, if you want to see the definition of Olay defense, 418 in the first quarter. But by then they were down 25-10, and, and then it was all over. And then LA, LA at that point decided to attack them relentlessly. That's the thing. When, when the Hornets did go small, Walker – they finally did go small and put PJ at the center yeah. position. And that's when LA said, all right, well now we're, it's a chess match. Okay. You do that. Now we're going to do this. We're going to attack you at the rim and the Hornets, no help defense just was not present. Just one V one. The Hornets can't keep guys in front as it is one V one, no help, no awareness from PJ from Kelly. It was, it was, embar- I mean, it was an embarrassing start to the game. Yeah, and you want because PJ at the center minutes have been awesome for this team the last couple of years. The problem always with PJ playing so much center was 
was asking the question, how much could he deal with it? Would the body blows come too much to a guy that ultimately is more like a power forward or, or stretch big when you want to go small? It's nice to have options, and you don't have options right now. It's great that PJ is is the center for those very good small ball lineups, at least what's been the case the last two years. But man, it's it's because you have Mason, right? You'll just go Zubots if you're going to go PJ at the center and then Jalen McDaniels at the four, and you're a little bit more well-equipped, especially with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard out there too. I mean, that, that duo is really tough to mess with. They did, so you mentioned that. Man, I, I feel like the last time Clifford was so criticized for staying big, at, at least on a consensus. I think it was against the Clippers, right? Because that was a close game, and they had Marcus Morris playing big, and mm-hmm. the Hornets still left Mason Plumley out there. I think this is the second game in a row where Clifford just decided to stay big in moments that it 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 shouldn't have been that way. Yeah, and, and I guess I wonder if he's just thinking, like, I need someone out there that can rebound. And I don't really yeah. have anyone else yeah. out there that can rebound. I mean, I don't. But again, I think the any benefits you got from that were outweighed by the fact that LA knew you were going to do that and and exposed it for every ounce that it was worth, and and it just simply didn't work. And look, I mean, the Clippers tried, really tried to let the Hornets come back in this one in the second half. They had a total uh, of twenty seven turnovers that the Hornets scored 33 points off of. That's that's a I mean, pretty Clippers amazing. I mean, were awful in the third quarter. They were not yeah. good. Yeah, that's a pretty amazing number. But here's an even more amazing number, okay? I just told you. Hornets scored 33 points off of those 27 turnovers. Charlotte had 14 turnovers. Pretty pretty good turnover number overall. And the Clippers scored 24 points off of those 14 turnovers. So the gap in the points off of turnovers <laughs> – yeah. Uh, was was much less than the actual turnover number itself. And that's because when the Hornets turned it over, they were generally like egregious turnovers, that those above-the-free-throw line turnovers. And, and L.A. was just so effective on the break that uh, – and the Hornets really they, – they couldn't get back in time. And it was just devastating any time the Hornets turned the basketball over. Well, and Bob Byer, at, you know, when Ashley talks to the – assistant coach coming back from the locker room Bob Byer told you that they're not getting back in transition and that's what they need to do a little bit better which is something we've heard from Borrego Steve Clifford and Bob Byer you can add him to the list yeah, well God love Bob I'll yeah. just say this God love Bob Byer for staying disciplined in front of the media like it was just it would have just been so easy to just sort mm-hmm. of do the college football coach thing and be like hey what did you see out there what what, what do you think you can improve on just be like everything Everything we, you know, like you never see assistant coaches really, really kind of go off in that way. It's probably why you send the assistant coach out there, right? Because if you send Clifford there, he's probably going to be a little bit too honest at halftime. Uh, and but you know, send the assistant coach out there to, to give the kind of PR answer. But props to Bob for uh, you know, staying, staying really disciplined in the answer there. Trying to think of who I like hearing from the most. I, you know, Tyrone Corbin is just, he seems like a nice guy. I like me some Tyrone. Um, you know, Chad Iskey, it felt like, I don't know, Iskey, I feel like would kind of somewhat go in on the team Chad every risky? now and then. Well, Chad Risky? Chad, little Risky Iskey, as they call him. <laughs> he would do that a little bit, talking no with Ashley. <laughs> no, no, we do. 
damn it. We do now. That's what we do on this podcast. All right, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Of course, we're going to come up with more nicknames for assistant coaches on the coaching staff, but we'll give our final thoughts on this contest against the LA Clippers. Did want to remind you, though, that this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Unfortunately, life does not come with a user manual, so when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, or becoming a parent. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and it's accessible anywhere, all 100% online. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online, plus it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist, and if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime you want to. It couldn't be any simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. You can learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. This episode is also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You've heard it all before from our friends on BetOnline. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball, the World Cup that you just saw, they have it all on BetOnline. Plus, if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those on BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Final thoughts coming up next, Locked On Hornets. There were a couple of great Eric Collins and Del Curry moments, which, by the way, you know, look, th- this is this is why I love Eric Collins so much. It's not this because is when you need Eric goes Collins. crazy. This is yes. the kind of game you need Eric Collins. You absolutely need him. There were a couple of things. I want to go down a list of things that I learned that I did not expect to learn in this game because I would expect Eric Collins to be happy about LaMelo or something else. But no, he had to uh, go to the folder that was behind everything else in case of blowout, in case of emergency. Right. He went to that folder. Here's something Del Curry said, though. Again, first half, I think it was something like 41 to 19 at that point. It was about to get to a 30-point deficit, and Hornets missed a shot because that's what they did in this game. And Dell said this, Hornets are uh, colder than a blizzard uh, hitting the <laughs> East Coast. <laughs> what? He was trying to do something well, like colder than a bomb cyclone. That would have been where you would want to go with that. Maybe. I mean, Hornets are uh, colder than a blizzard hitting the East coast. Uh, yeah. What do you, what do you think? And then Collins came it's in tough. with the colder than a polar bear's toenail. That was there my favorite go. broadcasting moment. I had a couple of others, but, but you had one as well. Well, I just wrote down in my notebook in the third quarter out of context, Del Curry quote, no, I will not noodle. I don't know what he was talking about. I can't oh, I tell didn't you hear that. He just said, no, well, it's out of context. I can't give you the con. I don't even know the context. I just, I just perked up when I heard Dale Curry say, quote, no, I will not noodle. 
Um, I just thought it was a funny thing to hear randomly oh, in, in a broadcast. I, you know, I feel bad for Eric Collins. I honestly do. Like this is this has been a tough season for Eric Collins, uh, in, in that he really has not had a lot to Eric Collins over. You know, I mean, we haven't. We, he got so much love last season because this team was really exciting to watch get up and down mm-hmm. the floor and make big. They were making big plays all over the place, even when they were getting blown out by twenty. You know, they had an exciting enough offense to make it interesting to watch for a little while. Uh, this season, not so much. And you're not seeing, you know, you're not seeing sort of the national media come together and be like, oh, man, Eric Collins is great, isn't he? Because this isn't a league pass watch team. This is a league pass avoid team. Well, and and this is, look, this is the thing, right? In the in the second quarter, it was real ugly. We had a crazy exchange. The third quarter, Mason Plumley's going off. Okay, he's dunking everything. He has a breakaway. I think he gets up to sixteen points. And Eric Collins is like, "Oh, look, here come the Hornets!" And he's doing it as if he's calling a close game. And obviously, it's, it's satire. It is satire on his own part, and I love it. If you get the joke. Are you in on the show? Are you in on the broadcast? And if you are, then you can really appreciate it because he's making fun of himself. He's making fun of the entire product the Hornets are putting out there. But, you know, some person nationally that's tuning in, I'm sure is going to say, goodness gracious, you hear Eric Collins get excited over a 25-point deficit just because Mason Plumley hit the 16-point mark in the third quarter. Like, if you're in on the joke, the, the, he's ours, okay? And I embrace him with open arms. It's exactly what I do with their Collins. Yeah, I mean, um, it's 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 every time they celebrate a Nick Richards double double off the bench. It's every time Mason Plumley hits a left-handed uh, shot from the elbow, and the the opposing bench reacts. You know, all of this stuff just has like a weird dark irony to it because behind <laughs> it is this sort of existential doom of like, oh, uh, they don't have the answers this season. I'm not sure they have the answers really moving forward because so many of these draft picks, I mean, you look, Kai Jones uh, wasn't involved in this game at all until the very end. He was a white flag. Uh, so was James Booknight. Booknight got put in finally um, after the game mm-hmm. was was completely decided. JT Thor was supposed to be a second-round darling. He keeps making, like, weird mistakes. I keep writing less Thor in my notebook. I mean, in the fourth quarter in this one, uh, you know, he's been missing a lot of like corner three point shots. Uh, but but in this one, he was just like making really disastrous errors uh, and t- turning the ball over. Oh, he hit, you know, what uh, Nick Richards stopped Norm Powell on a dunk again in a critical part of the game when they were trying to make a sort of miracle comeback. And uh, Nick Richards, good contest on a Norm Powell dunk. And the ball is going out of bounds. It's going to be Hornets basketball, and Thor just like inexplicably touches it, and it, like yeah, Nick Richards reacts right. violently to it. He's like bounds the stanchion because he's like, oh my god, how could this guy not understand that this? Well, remember ball they called off- it the Clippers' way. I think that was the same play well, that they called know, it, and then eventually it was easy. Man, right. Well, yeah, the, the refs. refs. They were terrible. <laughs> well, that's, well, Nick Richards, remember, I mean, Eric Collins made a big deal, and then they zoomed the camera in on Nick Richards when he was called for a foul. Norm Powell hit him with the basketball in the face. They called yeah, they, Nick look, Richards. They were terrible. <laughs> it was, it was but bad. Thor was worse. So right after that, Thor overhelps yeah. on the sidelines, out of bounds play. Kanar got open for a three. And it was over. Just little mistakes like that, you know, and and they're but they're forced to play Thor. They're they're being forced more Thor. And and that's the forced that's Thor movement. 
Yeah, look, I mean, I I would love yeah. to continue to push the movement, but I'm I'm a, I'm a man of reason, unfortunately. No, I I mean, look, as much as you drove that bandwagon and that fan club, I was a part of it. I mean, I I loved what you got from JT Thor last year, and man, it's been a a hard downfall for for all the opportunities in the world, right? Like, I mean, you didn't even you didn't even so much need manufactured opportunities for JT Thor last year. Like Borrego just flat out put him in because he trusted him. I got that one completely wrong. Thought Steve Clifford was going to be all about some more Thor and join the fan club, but it just hasn't happened this season. Uh, last thing on the uh, from me on the Lamelo triple double. I think you're going to see a lot more of those kind of triple doubles. They're kind of the sort of late Westbrook triple doubles where and I'm not I'm not critiquing LaMelo on this. He was pressing a lot through the second and third quarter and and really at the end of the game too when he had a couple of bad turnovers. He's pressing and he's putting a lot of it on himself and that's going to result in a lot of these stats. I mean, he's going to get his stats and he's pressing because he has to because he realizes, he understands like Look, nobody else is hitting shots. I've got to do this on my own, or I've got to throw it to Mason on the roll perfectly, or it's going to be a disaster too. So, you know, I, I just think you're going to see a lot of more of these, like sort of threatening the quadruple double of of turnovers as well, because he's going to be pressing a lot yeah. for the rest of the season. Um, just a couple of positive mellow notes. I thought the play where he's able to split the double team, or maybe it was like a pick and roll that he split, or whatever and hit a left-handed layup. I thought that was an awesome play from him. And then the other one was the pass to a cutting Kelly Oubre in the middle of the paint for a slam dunk. That pass was awesome where he's able to take his guy off the dribble. I think it was a one-handed pass to a cutting Kelly Oubre. Those were those are your plays of the game as far as I'm concerned. Um, more Air Collins stuff just real quickly. I mean, I, I thought one of the better exchanges that we've heard Eric Collins bringing out his magnifying glass, just looking for anything else to talk about. When Kelly Oubre went to go shoot a free throw, he talked about how Kelly put the mouthpiece in his compression shorts. So mm -hmm. he said, mm -hmm. wait, is did, did Kelly just put his mouthpiece right under his compression shorts? And mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know. I, I'm not sure he did. He's like, yeah, I think there that's is. what's happening. Everybody, everybody kind of watch out for this. Sure enough, second free throw goes up starts to get back on defense and he reaches in those shorts and pulls out the mouthpiece. And Eric's like, yeah, see, <laughs> stick around, man. We'll, we'll find you something like Eric mentioning. We're going to find you something to talk about. We also learned that I believe Sidel Curry had braces, but Steph and Seth did not. That's something that we learned in the first half of this game. That was uh, that was something that they unloaded. So mm, yeah, man, that's interesting. <laughs> just wanted to give and i learned how the clippers got their name i did you know what the clippers came yes. from doug yes, okay I, I, I knew that yes i knew that a clipper was a boat yeah i know yeah i mean just never really occurred to me they just i don't know it's just a question i never really asked i guess i wasn't curious enough about the clippers throughout my childhood and then well the hornets weren't very curious about the clippers either they weren't uh, you know they weren't really same. interested in uh winning this basketball game unfortunately and i guess bobby was right and i knew bobby was right <laughs> I, I you know i just thought he was wrong about being right you know i thought he was overall his message was right which is that the hornets need to sell. I've been saying that. I mean, I think that's the most obvious thing that you could say is mm -hmm. that the Hornets are are not in a position to compete in a play. They're not they're certainly, I mean, I think after this game it's 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 obvious they're not 
ready to compete in any kind of playoff scenario, but they're not even ready to compete in a play-in scenario. And you heard Clifford talk about that, you know, uh, when when he was doing his rant to the media where he didn't allow questions. You know, this team has gotten scourged two years in a row in the play-in, and there's a reason behind that. And those reasons remain. Those reasons remain. Those the, nothing, nothing fundamentally has changed, uh, except they've they've lost. You know, they lost a a major offensive piece in Miles Bridges from those two teams. But um, you know, nothing really has fundamentally changed for the positive that would make you believe that that they've has have any chance of not only making a play in but even be competitive. And it, and so the the question is, when do you pull the plug? And the answer should be now, because you have it. You can have an advantage by pulling the plug sooner rather than later, doing whatever it takes, whether it means calling. You know, if you can't trade players, then put them on the bench and call up Bryce McGowan's and call up these players. I just think it's time. I, I don't. I haven't seen anything, and I don't think I'm going to continue to see anything on this road trip that's going to convince me otherwise. Unfortunately. All right. Just a quick message. We will not give you a show on Friday. We are going to do the Christmas plan thing. I believe Doug will be with you on Monday, Tuesday. We're going to try to figure out those two days. I will be back later on as well next week. So just to give you a little bit of a schedule update, but we will be doing the holiday plans and hope you guys have a great holiday, man. We appreciate the hell out of you. You know, we'll do, we'll do that. I mean, hell we're staying up late. We're trying to give you the content, even with the bad, you know, we're, we're going to see some brighter days at some point. And we'll be able to talk about some Bricer that. Days. Until then. I want to see yeah. some, I want to see some Bricer days. I want to see some Bricer well, McGowan's days. That's what I want to see. Mm. And yeah, I mean, look, Lamelo's going to give us a show. Uh, you know, Absolutely. although he was <laughs> like, every time they cut to him, he was like flexing something like he was doing this to his shoulder or doing this to his wrist or do or he had like a hip thing. Like, He's man, too young I'm just to be gonna, old, man. Don't do it. All I want, all I want for Christmas is for LaMelo to be healthy for the rest of the year. That's all I, that's all 100%. I really care about. 100%. We appreciate everybody for listening. We'll get we'll do the whole thanks stuff again as the new year changes kind of as well. But we do appreciate everybody for checking us out wherever you get your podcast and YouTube has been fantastic. Kind of just went over the one year mark. So we're just now starting to settle in even a little bit more so to the second season of our YouTube channel that you can check out locked on Hornets. Now, you made us your first listen, make your second listen, Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Locked On can provide Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Have a happy holiday. 